We're continuing, we're actually on the, the final tail end of this series going through Ephesians. I think it is powerful and unbelievable in the ways that Ephesians have been speaking to the, every issue that is being raised in this moment, in this, this time, this weird pandemic season that we've been in, first of really any of our lifetimes to walk through something like this. And yet Ephesians, this word continues to pull to the surface uh, topics that are really important in this moment, and certainly none other more important right now than family. And the reason that's so important is because you have been crammed and shoved into spending time with your family in ways that you never have before, right? That uh, in this season, you've spent more time at home and uh, inside of your home with your family than maybe ever before. And that might be a good thing, but it's entirely possible that that might have been a really challenging thing in this season, right? And what we know that because we're seeing a massive spike in those that are going to counseling right now. There's a huge spike right now in domestic abuse cases, a huge spike in uh, cases where families are being poured in, pulled in to being with each other, and a lot of stuff is coming to the surface. And I'm sure you've experienced that, even in your own home or even with your roommates or wherever it is, that as you're here and as you're going along in life, that this issue of family is being brought to the surface. And it might, this might have been more challenging, a more challenging season than you've ever experienced before. And I can even say personally, just even walking through and what this moment, this time and season is pulling things to the surface that even in our home and in our lives, we're getting an opportunity to address. And so every one of us has not only the experiences that we're having, but we all had very distinct experiences in our homes growing up. Because some of you, when you think about family or when you think about even marriage or even being, uh, having children or being and having, uh, being a child and having parents, we all have different experiences. Some of them are incredibly broken because some of you ex have experienced negligence. And some of you have experienced passivity in your home. And some of you have experienced rage in your home. And some of you have experienced indifference and assault and abandonment. And some of you have seen someone break their covenant promises in your home. And your view of marriage and your view of family can be incredibly tainted by all these experiences. And every one of us, you guys joining us at home, everyone here, we've all had those moments. And they have, they have begun to shape how we see even the families that we're in right now are the ones that we may have yet to step into in our lives. And so we have all of these experiences. Some of them are good. Some of them aren't so good. And many are even painful. And so God, through his word in this moment, is reaching to his people through the apostle Paul and now to us by his spirit to say, listen to me, I have a design for you to be covered and for you to flourish. That wherever God's design is lived, we are covered and we get to flourish. So that even when we look at God the Father, so if we, what you might call the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that even as you look at them, you look at the order, you see order among the Trinity, and you see covering and flourishing. You see Jesus' own words in John chapter 5 saying, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. Says a few verses later in verse 30, I can do nothing on my own. So this is the son of God. This is the creator of the universe saying, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So here's what Jesus is describing. He's saying, there is an order that God's designed. And in this order comes life, flourishing. Would any of us look and say, is Jesus less than the Father? The answer is no, Jesus is fully God. But there is an order that Jesus was functioning in in his time on this earth. He is one with the Father, but in God's divine plan, he steps into this order and he receives the full measure of God's work. He receives the full measure of all that God has because he does the will of the Father. He trusts the hand of the Father. He trusts the order that God has designed for. Does that make sense? So we see this order. And so Paul wants to take this idea of order and begin to help his people understand what it means to maximize this moment with your family. Because he says, back, going back to verse 15, he says, you gotta maximize these days and you gotta walk with wisdom because these days are dark. So what does it mean to walk not as unwise, but as wise? And he says, first, reject being a crazy person, which seems like a little bit of a stretch in this moment, right? Because it feels like if you're not careful, like everybody's just a little bit crazy, right? If you're, you might be crazy about masks, you might be crazy about politics, you might be, but it feels like everybody's just a little bit on edge about everything, right? And so just hear this word. Don't be foolish in this moment, Okay. Whatever, whatever your political leaning or whatever your mask leaning or whatever your leaning is, just take a step back. He says, don't be foolish, but be wise. And he says, here's what he says. He says, know God's heart. Know God's heart and his will, his plan. So discern. He's saying, reject being foolish and step into God's will. And here's what he says. Be filled with the Spirit. So let's ask for the filling and the movement and the empowering of the Spirit of God. And he says, and then I want you to come together in worship. And then he gives a final instruction. And he says, and then I want you to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. He says that I'm calling for a spirit of humility to fall upon the church. And then he unpacks how we begin to walk that out in our families. He says, I have a design for families to flourish in, and to be able to thrive together. And here's what he says. Wives, submit to your husbands. To which as Americans we go, what? That doesn't feel like flourishing. That feels like a cage. What does he mean by that, right? For the husband's the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So let's break this down just real quick. And I don't even have much time, so I'm gonna blaze through this. You're, just gonna, you're gonna have to stay with me. Let's just unpack this. What does this not mean, all right? 
Does this mean, wives, you gotta check your brains at the door, you can't talk anymore. Is that what that means? No. Does that mean you should never share your opinions? No. Does submission mean that you, <laughs> yeah. The laughing's gonna come as we talk through this, right? <laughs> come on. Because you go, I got some opinions, all right, up in here. Does submission mean you cannot share your opinion? No. Does submission mean that you will agree on everything? No. The answer to all these is no, just for clarity, all right? So if anybody's like, yeah, okay, you had to back off, okay? Just settle down, okay? Does that mean husbands should never defer to a wife's judgment or her discernment on a matter? No. Doesn't mean that they should never defer. I defer to my wife all the time. I've gotten good at it, right? <laughs> Does submission mean that you get your spiritual strength from your husband? No. Does submission mean that you're supposed to cower in fear if, you, if he isn't pleased with something? The answer is no. And you know why we know that? Because this is not how Christ treats his church. It has never meant that. It didn't, listen, submission didn't mean any of those things in the first century and they don't mean that in the 21st century. And it's important for us to understanding. Then what does it mean? What it means is this. God has called your husband or your future husband for the youth that don't have one yet. God has called your husband to step into his role as head of your home. And that you were meant to be a great champion for him leading well in your home that in fact you're, you're the number one champion for his leadership, that God has a call on his life. And listen, we're gonna get to that, and it's, it's, it's weighty and it's impossible, apart from Christ, okay? But he's saying, husbands, you're gonna lead your homes well, so wives, come and champion. Take all that's in you. That in God's design for your husband, to be the head, you coming alongside to champion him opens the door for flourishing and for covering and for protection, spiritually and in many other ways. So that submission means that you're flourishing, you flourish more when you take all of your gifts and all of your talents and all of your abilities and you use them to help your husband lead your family well, to stand in the place of headship. Now understand, Christ, uh, listen, Christ has created this order. He's saying, if you'll step into this order, then I have flourishing and hope for you. I have life for you. Listen, now I want to be really clear. Ability and calling are two totally different things. You need to hear this. This is not, listen, Jesus is not talking. The Holy Spirit here is not talking about ability. If you are a wife in here, there will be any number of things that you are better at, more gifted at, more accomplished in. It is entirely possible that you are more spiritually mature than your husband, all right? And don't be elbowing right now, okay? Just chill out, okay? <laughs> all right? All of these things are very likely happening and true, but ability and maturity are not the same as calling and order. And God has an order, and what he's saying is, hey, don't use all of your abilities and gifts and talents and all the things that God has given you to usurp and change the order. 
Don't use it to flip the thing upside down. Take all of the gifts and all your abilities and help your husband lead well. Help him step into his God-given role to stand as head, to come up under the authority of Jesus Christ. And we're fixing to talk about dudes here. But listen, using those gifts to compliment, encourage, and help support your husband to lead well brings life to you and to the entirety of your family. You will flourish when you make it a passion of yours to help your husband lead and stand in his role of headship. So this is what this means. This is what the calling is, all right? So if you hear, when you hear the word submission, you hear subjugation or lower or less than. You've missed the biblical. There is no less than. There is no, listen, are women made fully in the image of God? Do I really only have five minutes left? All right, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. I gotta, because we gotta get to these dudes, all right? I know we might go a little bit over, but I'm just going to listen. Now, here, it's one sentence. We're going to talk about the dudes right now. Husbands, love your wives. The thundering boom. (laughs) Feel this weight. The way you love your wives as Christ loved the church. You know why Paul can call wives to become the champion for their leader, lead, their leading and head, head, head standing husbands because husbands who stand as the head of their homes are called to go the blood-soaked way of loving and serving and leading. How did Christ love the church? He loved it sacrificially with hands and sides in his head that were torn. That your flourishing men will come when you lay down your life. And you stand in that place of headship, not to rule and reign in authority over, but to come and to serve. Blood-soaked leadership is being willing to Stand in and tackle the hard things, even when you don't want to. It means initiating when you don't feel comfortable. And my my wife and I, we're having a great conversation about these things because the Lord's bringing stuff up even in our own home. And I'm telling you, men who lead initiate and they stand in. It means serving. It means sometimes you need to slow down when those that need are in need of your leadership or trying to follow along. It means simple stuff like picking up your socks and doing the dishes right sometimes. It means asking questions. It means listening. It means bringing these things to the Lord and saying, heaven, help me. How do we know this is what headship looks like? You know, because what does it say? Christ is the head of the church. How do we know this is what headship looks like? Jesus, because Jesus took his robe off and wrapped around his waist and he washed his disciples' feet. He got before his church and said, how do I serve you? If you're a husband in this place, you're called to blood-soaked leadership, sacrificial, loving leadership. Living a life, listen, living a life, men, where you abdicate 
your role of headship in your home will lead to misery for you. It doesn't lead to flourishing for you and it won't lead to flourishing for your wife or your children. It's a call to stand in, to to initiate, to stand up. It might be easier for you to let your wife lead because of all the giftings that she has. But the Lord's saying, it's my call on your life. Not about your, listen, it's never been about ability. The entire record of scripture is people who were categorically not qualified. So if you're standing here and you're, you're feeling like, I don't know how to lead my home. I don't even know what it means to stand as the head. I, I'm not great at initiating. I sit back or I struggle with passivity or I saw my father be passive and I don't know how to do it. Okay. Listen, there is a king who is ready to lead you into faithfulness and righteousness. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Listen, well, here's what he's saying. If you're a kiddo and you're not quite married yet, you're not in that place. You're still under your parents or you're in their home. Your flourishing comes when you just honor your parents. You honor them. Listen, you might, your, parent, uh, your parents will not be perfect. I can guarantee you this. Some of your parents, by the grace of God, will have the humility to come to you when they mess up and say, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? But some of them won't. But hear this. You can trust the Lord because here's the promise. Even when you honor your father and mother, even when even when maybe they're not, they don't have it all together. In fact, they won't have it all together, but even when you honor them, when you honor them, here's the promise. It will go well for you. This goes all the way back to the, it says, your life will go well for you. This is the promise, and we get to see this in Scripture. Listen, your flourishing, this is, this is for everyone. Your flourishing will not ultimately depend on your spouse or your child or your parent doing their part perfectly. Okay, I want you to hear this. You can flourish because you might might be thinking right now, like my spouse is not doing the thing that the scripture's calling them to. We can judge easy. It's incredibly easy to judge. But to take a step back and say, listen, my flourishing is not connected to how well my spouse is doing or how well my kids are doing or how well my parents are doing. Not connected to that. All right? Because your wives, your husbands will fall radically short, Right? in this call to stand in his head to lead and initiate but guess what you have a husband in heaven who's perfectly covering you right now right Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her having cleansed her with the washing of the water with words so that he might present to the church to him that might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle if your husband is failing hear this you need to hear this Christ is not failing you He's your safe place. He is making you ready for him. You can flourish even if your husband is not. Husbands, there are going to be moments where your wife falls short of honoring and respecting you. But guess what? Christ never does. Christ stands in that place. He promises to nourish and cherish you. You don't ever have a moment where you're not fully cared for and being treasured by the King of kings and Lord of lords because of what he's done for you. You can flourish. Kids, you can flourish even when your parents aren't holding up their kind of part of the bargain, so to speak. Part of this moment is taking this time to be able to say, hey, 
The world is chaotic around us. What does it look like for our family to flourish? And what it means is to begin to say, to look into the scripture and say, God, what are you calling me to? What are you asking me to do? In what ways can I trust your word and stand in, step into a place of flourishing and life? To not shrink back in the shadows, but to step forward in this moment. I want you guys to stand with me because we're just going to finish. We're just going to be a couple of minutes over, but. Here's what I want to say. I'm just, I feel like the Lord wants to speak because it's entirely possible as you read these words, you go, I, f- I feel like a failure. In fact, I, as I was studying for this, I'm going, I am woefully falling short. I feel the weight of this. And it is impossible that right now, you guys that are with us at home, that you're hearing the voice of the enemy seeking to bring shame or guilt or condemnation to say that you aren't doing enough or you haven't done enough or you're not doing well enough. And what the Lord is saying right here is, come son, come daughter, hear my words and trust me to step into this, to cast off the words where the the enemy would say you failed, where the king says, I have a new day for you. I have new hope and a new life for you. But I wanna speak this over you that you do not yet have a husband or a wife or you do not yet have children. I want to speak this over you. The Lord's giving you an incredible order. You unite yourself. I would say, women, do not unite yourself with a man who does not want to live a blood-soaked leadership life. Men that are not yet married, listen, find one who wants to champion the gifts that are inside of you and help you lead your family well. Let me, let's pray this and we'll just finish with this. We'll just worship over this moment. Father, I just want to ask right now that you would show every man in here what it means to be a blood-soaked leader of his family, to lay his life down, to care, to listen, to be one who listens and initiates. I pray you would help every man in this room. I pray over myself right now that you would help us listen to our families and you would help us initiate what you're calling our families into. I pray for every wife that's represented here with us online. I pray right now that God, you'd give them powerful, unique grace to champion their blood-soaked leading husbands. I pray, God, that you would give them grace right now in this moment to respect and to speak words of life and honor, that there would not be a tearing down in the home, but there would be words of encouragement for the days ahead. And I pray for those that are yet in this place, Lord, that you would begin right now linking and uniting them in the spirit with the one they will walk with faithfully in the days ahead, coming together in unity, one flesh for your namesake and glory. Would you do that? Let's worship. We'll finish this last night.